morning, everyone. It's Judith Hope. You're listening to Mad Love. What's going on? You know, I recognize that COVID kind of hijacked my uh, podcast. <laughs> it's the thing that, um, well, m- mostly not just COVID, just the way, you know, people we've put into place to handle things. You know, that's the only reason why a government really exists is for the big stuff, right? To make sure that a society can function with rules and ultimately government, I believe, should come in and complement that and be the, you know, be the decider on certain issues. And there are times when government makes sense. Like, there's a reason why you have the Food and Drug Administration, because apparently, you know, back when um, food was uh, early times in America, when, when things were starting to be Uh, produced on a mass scale and sold people were doing that in their houses and they were putting all kinds of shit in things and calling it ketchup or calling it mustard or calling it uh, you know fish sauce or whatever but you didn't really know what was in it so yeah there's a time when the government should step in and be like okay here are the rules and enforce them and A little of that is fine, I think. But then when you start getting to a point where government gets in its own way and becomes unable to help in any in any effective way, you know, I think that's why there's too many small governments, you know, in a place like St. Louis, you have like, I don't know, something like 90 municipalities. I think maybe it's down to 88 municipalities. That's ridiculous. And they all have little mayors and older people or it's just too much and nothing gets done especially now that St. Louis isn't really a world-class city anymore where you know industries whole industries just packed up and left and moved away and they were never replaced and St. Louis has done a horrible job replacing them and don't nobody here uh seems to uh have any plan there's no plan to replace any of those industries. Some things have sprung up naturally on their own, but it looks to me like if if this city is to ever recover in any significant way, we will not be able to rely on the government or any elected officials to get people here. You're going to have to make people want to move here probably just through the sheer force of of the private work sector. It's just something's got to come up that... So we have a startup scene here that's cool, um, but it it's not dominating the city. It's really enhanced one part of the city. The metro is not benefiting from it, and uh, you know, quite frankly, it's not big enough to to sustain more than the area that it's in. And it's in a very small, concentrated area, and it's done wonders for that small, concentrated area. But there's a whole metropolitan, uh, a whole rest of the metropolitan area that isn't benefiting from that. So it's just weird. There's a time for government, but I'm always impressed by good government. And uh, this city doesn't seem to have a lot of that. Um, And it's sad because there are a lot of great people here. I mean, listen, the crime is what it is. But if you ever get a chance to visit St. Louis, I think you should because it's, it's a fascinating place. It's a place of dichotomy. You know what I mean? It was... It was uh, probably like a free energy city in a slave state because right across the river was Illinois or still is Illinois, which was uh, not a slave state. It was a free state. So it's fascinating. Like we're it's just 
it's just a weird place. It's full of dichotomy, you know. It is uh, freedom and oppression all in the same space. And it still feels that way, to be truthful. Um, that's more than I wanted to talk about that. Because <laughs> COVID really, COVID hijacked my podcast this year because it's concerning. But also, like, it shows you, crisis shows you who people are. The people who refuse to wear masks or refuse to be safe uh, versus political leaders who who plant these little seeds in your brain. They can't stand, um, you know, uh, being unpopular, yet they 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 cave and they fold it and but they tried to close. And it's like nobody. I think I can't say nobody. I, I do think Mario Cuomo did a great job. Um not Mario Cuomo. Look how old I am. Uh, the other Cuomo <laughs> up in New York. Mario's their dad. Uh, Governor Cuomo did a good job. Andrew Cuomo. Um, I thought J.B. Pritzker in Illinois seemed to be masterful and commanding. Uh, and maybe a couple other p- governors that I saw, you know, but I get it. Governing in a, a pandemic is challenging, but that's why you were elected. To make the tough decisions. So it's weird when people make the tough decisions and then feel some kind of way that people are mad at them or, you know, it's like, ugh, come on, where are the grownups? And I think when I talk about a lack of accountability, I think that's, you know, it's weird. People don't want to be held accountable for anything right now. You know, you can look at Donald Trump on down. I'm sure you could find an example in your life of somebody who just no matter what you say to them, no matter what the facts are, nothing's their fault. You know, you walked in, you did this, I watched you do it, and you can look me in the face and say it's not your fault. And you can see it playing out in crime. You can see it. I mean, people are just like, I, that wasn't me. Okay, we've got you on video. That's your face right there, right? It, I didn't do that. Okay. So it used to be funny. You know, I did not have sexual relations with that woman. Yeah, that it was a punchline because it was clear he had had sex with the girl. You know what I mean? And then they show up with the dress or whatever. And it was like, <sighs> if that were to happen today, I think he would continue to deny it. That is not my sperm on that dress. You know what I mean? Like, OK, we tested it. It comes back to you. I did not do it. You know, that's what 2020 is like. You know, this is 1993. Bill Clinton had to confess or whatever. They they wouldn't do that now. They would just stay in denial about it. I think that's the difference between getting the generation that got spanked and the and the generation who, uh, you know, got time out. Time out kids never fess up. Nothing's ever their fault. They have no accountability. It's ridiculous. <laughs> and you can tell. You can tell the kids who got spanked and the kids who were like, I just let him tell me how he felt. Oh, okay. <laughs> How's that working out? Nobody wants to be held responsible or will take personal accountability for anything. That's weird. And honestly, I didn't plan a podcast on any of that. <laughs> I was going to give a, some sort of pep talk. Well, it's not really a pep talk. It really is um, something that it took me a very long time to embrace. And I noticed that I have a, a pretty high percentage of... Um, Younger people that listen to this, and not just younger than me, but younger, you know, teenagers to people in their 20s. Um, and I just want to make sure you guys understand, and I'm pivoting here, um, 
it's important to know that you deserve to be happy. That's what I wanted to podcast about. That's what I planned to podcast about. But, you know, COVID just and watching all the chaos that has ensued gets me distracted. Here's the thing. You deserve to be happy. And I know on on the surface, that sounds like such a simple statement. Of course, I deserve to be happy. What are you talking about? Come on, mad love. Get with it. Yeah, I know I deserve to be happy. Yeah, people say it all the time. But when you look at how people act, you can tell who doesn't believe they deserve to be happy. I mean, it's like obvious. There are many people who who in theory feel like, oh, I should be happy. You know, I, I got a decent job. I'm dating somebody that I kind of like. They they they're OK. They treat me OK. Um, you know, I got a little bit of money. I travel. You know, life's life's good. You know, I OK. You deserve to be happier than that. <laughs> you deserve to be uh, fully engaged and enthralled with your life. And I don't know what it's like in other cultures, but in the American culture, certainly in the black American culture, you know, it's always this little you always feel like there's just a little rope that your your family, your ancestors, somebody's going to pull the rope and you're going to have to snap back to some sort of quote unquote reality. Um, I'm not saying that's true for everybody, but a lot of, uh, you know, people in the black community just are always waiting for the other shoe to drop. And, I, you know, I know examples of people who do well financially, who are living their best lives, travel where they want, do what they want, um, make great money, have great families. I'm not sure if they're happy or not, but everybody's not broke is what I'm saying. So everybody who's black isn't poor and everybody who's poor isn't black, which is why liberalism is, is a fraud and a sham. And I think cripples black America. Um, why black people still vote democratic. I don't understand. Like straight down the tip ticket, democratic pick the best candidate. I digress. So here's the thing. You deserve to be joyful in your life. You deserve to, to be happy. And I think they're depending on how you were raised and who you were raised around you you can have these seeds of like doubt and uh unworthiness planted so deeply in your subconscious you don't even know you're unhappy you don't even realize you're not really living your best life but everybody else can see because you keep dating the worst person or you're married to somebody who's really miserable and you're kind of low-key miserable with them uh, your kids are miserable, you know, your job, you don't like that. You know, there are some really unhappy people out in the world. And I'm saying you don't have to be unhappy. You can realize in your mind and you may not even have to get rid of anybody or trade up or I'm not talking about just looking at your life and getting rid of all the people and things that make you unhappy. That is part of it sometimes. But you also have to just look at how you look at the world. And maybe you're just looking at the world through a dirty filter. Like people told you to manage your expectations. People told you you're not supposed to be happy. You know, people told you there's a like a low key, like, what did you expect kind of energy in America? And the reality is you can be happy and you deserve to be happy. But only you get to decide what that means for you. That's what I'm saying. Examine that. 
And if you look at your family and your life and your job and you realize, you know, this is what I want. And I, I, I can live with this because these people and this job and this I do work that, you know, if you can look at all of that and see there's joy there, then good for you. Change your attitude about it, though. Be happy. Enjoy it because life is short until it's not. If you get sick, it doesn't feel short. If you're in pain, it doesn't feel short. But in reality, you know, Y2K was 20 whole years ago. And that was fast. I remember everybody thought their computer was going to die in 1999. They didn't, but everybody was like, oh man, in 2020, Y2K is going to be the worst. That was a whole 20 years ago. That's a whole grown person ago. And time goes fast. So I'm just suggesting that if you if you feel these deep feelings of unworthiness, those things that nag you, like even when you know you are having a great time and there's just something back there that's like this, this is not as fun as it should be. Examine that, you know, if you need help, go get help. Go talk to somebody. There's nothing wrong, especially during this time. It's OK to not be OK. It's OK to ask for help if you need help. But I do think ultimately it's very American to, uh, you know, wait for the other shooter drop or, you know, everything that doesn't go your way is racism or whatever your ism is. You know, uh, we just identify way, way, way too much with with that kind of thing, like especially here in St. Louis. If something doesn't go your way, it's got to be because it's racism. And it's strange to me because so many things <laughs> to me, don't appear to be racism. It's just a backwards way of thinking. People here are just not forward moving. St. Louis is really uh, a study in, and listen, St. Louisans are some of the best people I know, but it's not a progressive place. You know what I'm saying? And so it's interesting that progressive politics seems to be trying to have have its time here and I don't know that it'll be successful because this is not a progressive place people in uh well St. Louis is probably the most expansive St. Louis and Kansas City the middle of the state good luck that will never be progressive but they shock you every once in a while because Missourians are fairly logical but they get fed up too and it's like well we tried (laughs) We voted for Obama once. We tried. <laughs> anyway, it's important to find your personal uh, joy. That's all. You know, and, and it's hard. I, I, What I'm suggesting to you isn't easy because I didn't realize that I was completely uh, stuck and had deep, deep, deep feelings of unworthiness. I was in my mid to late 40s when I discovered that. Don't wait that late. But I didn't recognize it. I didn't think that's what it was. I just knew I was frustrated and I knew things weren't going exactly the way I wanted. But I had no idea on some level. I believed that that was the best that I could I could do or that was the best that I deserved. I don't think people realize how undeserving you can feel. And it can it's an ocean of emotions down there. So you can you can go pretty deep and realize, oh, I keep repeating the same pattern because I secretly don't believe I deserve better. Huh. 
And it was almost exactly like that for me. And I literally was like 45 years old. It was like, what the, what the hell? I've been wasting all this time. Like, what's going on? And you see it. And once you recognize the pattern, you see it over and over and over again. Oh, this person, when I was dating him, I've, you know, this is why that one left. I mean, you could just see it. This is why I stayed in this terrible job for so long. You know, just on some level, you punish yourself. Don't do that. Don't do it. I spent a lot of time doing that. It was uh, just brutal. And so I don't do that anymore. And uh, I feel great. You know, I've been free of that for probably about, what, five or six years now. And uh, it makes a world of difference. So you have to examine those those parts of your brain and the things that you do that may not initially appear uh, self-destructive or counterproductive, but they're there. And uh, this only applies to people who aren't happy that, you know, you got the job you hate, but you keep getting jobs you hate. You keep dating people you hate. You're even thinking about marrying someone you kind of low key don't like. Uh, Yeah, don't do that examine it, fall in love with yourself. And I guarantee you'll fall in love with your life. That's how it works. Oh, 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 oh,